Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Thank you so much for joining me today on Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today is sort of breastfeeding and sort of beyond. That is, we're going to talk about having a doula as part of your overall plan for breastfeeding to succeed. And to that end, I have with me very experienced doula and lactation consultant and woman extraordinaire, Amber Thomas. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I have to say that I met Amber in the greater Dallas area when she came to my comprehensive lactation course. She was preparing to be an IBCLC. She was already a registered nurse, and she was already a doula. And I kind of said to her, Amber, what are you doing here? You know, well, like, what's what's your game? What do you want to do? And, of course, what she really wanted to do was expand her services. She already had uh, been in a rather traditional a situation with both nursing and being a doula, but she also offered childbirth education and and um, beyond, certainly. So I feel really strongly, those of you who have been following the show for ages, know that one of the things that I really talk about is the importance of professional support, and that's what a doula gives, because we have... I don't know how many research studies now that show that having support is a huge component of having a better birthing experience and therefore having a better breastfeeding experience. So I thought, well, good. This is a great opportunity for me to ask uh, someone who's kind of, I don't want to say done it all, but done a whole lot of it all as related to uh, doula. So, uh Amber, can we start with what does the word doula mean? Well, doula is a Greek term that means woman servant. So this term was was developed um, as a Greek term, and it's it's meant to for another woman supporting or serving another woman in labor. Okay. But that being said, it seems to me and. And, of course, I agree with you, and you're totally right. But that being said, it seems that one of the myths that's floating around about doulas is that the only role for the doula is to support women in natural childbirth. Is Correct. That, that does seem to be one of the myths that's going around, and um, I think that really, unfortunately, um, minimizes society's views of what a doula actually is. So as a as a servant, um, the doula is to support the laboring couple as a whole with whatever their birth wishes are. And natural birth isn't for everyone. Of course, we do mm-hmm. support natural birth. We encourage it. 
We want to provide education, resources, and support for all families, regardless of what their birth plan is. So doulas can be very helpful in helping a family who who might be planning for an epidural or even a C-section. Um, also in situations where a couple has to be induced for labor for medical reasons, um, sometimes inductions aren't medically necessary, but I do have clients that come to me that know that they're being induced and they're still seeking uh, doula support because the doula is helping the family with whatever their personal goals are for labor and for birth. Um, and so the key is really to recognize birth as a key experience um, that the family will remember for all of their lives, understanding mm-hmm. the physiology of birth and the emotional needs of the family and the woman in labor. That is so enlightening because I really think there are people out there who say, no, I'm going to have my section, I'm going to have my epidural, I'm going to have my whatever, I'm all set here. And there are other variations of that, which uh, maybe I could explore in a minute. But I want to go back to some people get really confused about a doula versus a doula. And that is that there's a difference between a labor doula and a postpartum doula. Can you set us straight on that before we get too deep into this conversation? Sure. So your labor doula um, really focuses on helping the couple prepare for labor prenatally um, and also supports the couple during the labor and birthing process. And so the birth doula is actually actually accompanies the couple during the labor process um, and usually stays for the majority of the labor, whether it's two hours or two days, um, your birth doula is going to provide comfort measures, emotional support, um, and an objective viewpoint, as well as helping the couple get the information that they need to make informed decisions during the labor. So the birth doula is present with the mom and with the dad and they're helping to manage and facilitate the labor. They're also helping to advocate for the couple um, to, to help make sure that their birth plan wishes are met within reason. Um, and then they usually stay with the couple for just a couple of hours or so after labor to assist with breastfeeding and just to help the couple transition into postpartum. So your postpartum doula actually follows up with the family after birth, after the labor process, and they do assist with breastfeeding. Um, they assist with light house cleaning, light meal preparation. They may do some newborn care and help the mother with bathing the baby, swaddling, diapering, helping the family to transition to life with a newborn. So the, the roles are very different. Um, however, I do work as both a birth and postpartum doula, but my roles are very different um, in, when working with the family in birth versus working with the family postpartum. Uh, this is very interesting because I was just about to say to you, do you know of anybody who does both? And I guess somehow, and you and I have talked before, but somehow I didn't realize that you functioned as both a labor doula as well as a postpartum doula. So am I reading you correct that you do both? Yes, that's correct. Would you say that most labor doulas do not do both? Because that's sort of my impression, but I've never really documented that. Is What do you think? Yes, that's, that's very true. Um, 
postpartum doulas appreciate the fact that they are not on call <laughs> and uh. they don't have to, you know, stop what they're doing and leave and not sure when they're coming back. So as a postpartum doula has the ability to schedule these postpartum visits, let's say I'm going to visit you every Thursday from 1 to 4. And within that time, I'll help you with all the things that you need, whether it be child care, food, groceries, checking the mailbox, taking out the trash, um, holding the baby while you take a shower. So they're typically scheduled visits. Um, postpartum, and so the roles, again, are very different. Postpartum doulas also usually charge a hourly rate, um, whereas a doula usually have a flat fee because labor can, can vary so much. So there's sure. definitely a difference. Um, for me, my program is pretty expensive. I do um, usually at least three prenatal visits as well as three postpartum visits. So the postpartum visits we do schedule usually at one week, two week, and six weeks, unless the mother needs, you know, additional help with breastfeeding or other things prior to that time. All right. So wait a minute. You lost me just a little bit here, which is you mentioned the three prenatal visits. You would do that or any labor doula would do that within the the confines of their labor doula role. Is that correct? Yes, they should. Right, so, a, a labor doula should meet with their client at least one to three times. Most doulas do offer at least one prenatal visit. I prefer to meet with my clients three times at least because um, I'd like to establish the rapport with them. I like sure. to get to know them. I want them to trust me so that when recommendations and suggestions come up during labor, that we have that rapport and we have that bond and we have that trust. But most of us do offer at least one prenatal visit um, where they can help with birth planning, choosing a doctor, baby shower planning, hospital bag preparation, or postpartum meal planning, just depending on what the needs of the couple are at that time. So I think you might have answered this question, but I'm not sure. In your first uh, postpartum, excuse me, your first prenatal visit, is it mostly sitting down, talking with the mother or with the couple about what their expectations are or lack of expectations or education? Or do you do sort of a, walk me through this. Sure. So initially, what I what I do is a doula consultation. So if I get an inquiry from someone who's interested in a doula, I first set up a consultation, which is like an interview, where the okay. couple can ask all the questions that they want to ask of me. They will learn about my educational background and what my role is as a doula. During the consultation, that is where... We can find out, one, if it's a good fit or if I need to refer them to someone else. Two, what their needs are. Are they planning for a natural birth? Are they just wanting a low intervention birth? Are they wanting someone there for the labor? What exactly um, their needs are at the time is what, what we'll discuss during the doula consultation. After the doula consultation, the couple then decides if they would like to move forward or not. If they decide ah. to move forward, then we set up a prenatal consult. 
during that prenatal consult is where we mostly, that first one is where we mostly discuss birth planning, who's their, you know, who's their doctor, how far along they are in their pregnancy, um, what their vision for birth is, how active does dad want to be in the ah. process. So we do all of those things in the first visit. And so when you... Try to just set me straight easily here. Is there sort of an interview before the formal one to three visits? Because it sounds to me yes. like it's more of like a like a getting to know you. Is this a good fit kind of thing? Is am I reading yes. that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I'm thinking that when people call me for whatever kind of a service, you know, I generally want to talk with them a little bit to see if, as you say, is it a good fit? And I don't charge them for that. And what's more is I always feel like I'm free to walk away or they're free to walk away like it isn't a good fit. And so so there we are. Holy mackerel. This is getting really... um, I'm learning a lot as I'm going along. Before we go to break, I would just like to give a thank you to our sponsor today, which is Sweet Sips Colostrum Spoons. And I would suggest that you give that a visit at www.sweetsipscolostrumspoons.com. Again, thank you to Sweet Sips Colostrum Spoons. Com. Hey, everybody, don't go away. Well, I'm here with Amber Thomas. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with labor doula and postpartum doula, lactation consultant, nurse, Amber Thomas, who is in the greater Dallas area. She's very experienced and has a very robust practice in the greater Dallas area. So uh, she was talking with us a little bit about sort of that, uh, that initial interview, helping people to know whether it's a good fit for them, for you. And a little bit about the role of the doula but I and, and the difference between the labor doula and the postpartum doula. But I really want to dive into this a little bit more. And Amber, that comes down to something that every time the word doula comes out of my mouth, I cannot tell you why people have told me, no, I don't want a doula. There are a number of reasons. But the one I want to start with is I don't need a doula because... I have my partner who's going to support me. I have my sister who's going to support me. I have my whatever. Or I have the hospital nurse. Or I've already done fill in the blank, Lamaze, Bradley, whatever. So I don't need a doula. So help us to understand why should we be seeking your services? Because I don't really believe those things, but I'm really having trouble helping people to understand that having a doula is very different. Help us with that, please. Absolutely. So I get this problem quite often. Um, Actually, while doing some of the consultations or I'll have a midwife or doctor who refers a client to me who then thinks that they don't need a doula. So um, this is very common. And what I'd like to really focus on here is that is the value of doula Uh, services. A lot of people do not know the value of the services until after they've received the services. Mm-hmm. I've had many people say, I don't need this, I can't afford this. Yep. And after yep. they hired me, they come back and say, oh my, Amber, we could not have done this without you. Right. We, you were worth every cent, every penny. So now they see the value after they've had the experience. So I think that's yes. the biggest issue that we have. So when it comes to these other members of the team. So let's start with dad. Dad has a very intimate um, connection with the mother. And so that role is very, very significant. As doulas, we like to see that as the primary role. And we want to enhance that role for dad. But because he has an intimate connection with her, if she is desiring a natural birth, it may be difficult for him to give her a little bit of pushback when she starts to ask for medication 
It may also be difficult for him to see her in pain. It may also be difficult. um, As a man, men want to fix things. And labor pain is one of those things that cannot be fixed, fixed. that usually doesn't need to be fixed. So um, the doula really enhances the father's understanding of of what his role is even. And then you have some dads who are hands-on and they're all in and they're doing the breathing and they're cutting the cord. And you have others who are very stand-backish, like, hey, I can help you get a towel if you need one, but I don't want to see anything. And so having a doula (laughs) creates a lot of flexibility for the partner so that Mm -hmm. he can be as active and involved as he wants to be or as he wants not to be. Um, So that's that's one area that I would address. Um, We then have those things. I, I just want to interrupt here, and I don't know if you were going to say this uh, more about the father, but one of the things that I have found, having worked many years in labor and delivery, having worked many nights of many years in labor and delivery, what I find is sometimes even the most dedicated, most devoted father or father-to-be, come 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, he's finding the uh, recliner and <laughs> Taking a nap, and that's that's understandable. It absolutely is, but that leaves the mother with either no support or hoping that the nurse is going to support her. And I, I think that even when the father, I loved your words, by the way, the father who wants to be all in, I've seen those. And I've also seen those who are like, yeah, well, I could give her a towel or something, but I kind of don't want to be, and, and that flexibility, I love that part. Uh, so, excuse me, you can tell us more about fathers or more about the other objections. Sure. Um, that That's very, very typical. A lot of the clients that I work with are um, single-income homes, so the dad is working and mom is staying at home with the children. And so, um, a lot of times, dad is coming from work when labor starts or recovering or wanting to take a nap. I have some dads who are really into sports and they're focused on that. So, yes, it's it's definitely a time where dad, um, even the ones who are all in, can become restless. And so having the doula there to kind of tag team to make sure and Mm -hmm. ensure the mother has full support for her full labor. Um, Also, the dad typically does not have any medical experience or labor experience to know what's normal, what's not normal. And it can be a burden on them sometimes to be the one that has to make all of the decisions, um, being that mom is in labor and and can't really voice everything that she's wanting, that leaves it up to the dad. So if it's just mom and dad, that can be a very heavy burden for him to decide mm-hmm. and make a decision which he's not fully equipped for. Equipped for, yes, I would agree. And do you find that some dads kind of take you aside and kind of say, hey, look, can you help me to understand this? Can you help me to process this? Can you help me to figure out how to help her? Does that conversation kind of happen? It does. Um, Uh We established that from the very beginning, that that's what my role is. And so throughout the process, I find that the dads look to me for reassurance. And with some dads, I just kind of facilitate and sit back and may make a few suggestions, and there's others that need more help. But one thing that I really appreciate, the one that um, feedback that he gave me was that I would look at Amber 
And when I saw that Amber was calm and Amber was okay, then I knew that my wife was okay and there wasn't any reason for me to panic. Uh Uh-huh. So just that, Uh that reassurance that he's not the only one that has to make the decision and that if, if this is normal and my doula is, you know, breathing with my wife and everything looks good, I don't need to panic. I don't need to be concerned. I think that's that's interesting because you're talking about a lot of the nonverbal feedback, and that's true. Oh, man, I could talk a lot about that. That's so true. So what about the woman who says, well, no, I don't need a doula. I will have the nurse at the hospital. The nurse is there to be my nurse. I don't need a doula. What do you say to that? Well, as you know, I'm also a nurse, and I've worked <laughs> yep. in labor and delivery. Yep. And I will tell you that um, your nurse is not going to be with you for the entire labor. She likely has three or four other patients that she's checking on, and so her availability to to assist you sometimes is limited. Not only that, she's following the orders of your doctor or your midwife, um, which is her primary role, um, which makes the nurse's role very different from the doula role. The doula is your advocate. You are paying someone to specifically be there for you that has no other obligation, no other um, agenda, no liability to you. She is there for you for the entire time to help, help manage labor, whereas your nurse has a very medical role to make sure that you and the baby are medically safe. She's following orders from her, from your physician or your midwife, and she is also dealing with other patients. The other thing about nurses is that they take their experiences and yes. they kind of put them onto the patient. So if your nurse had a C-section, I've seen it all too frequently. Oh, brother. Where yep. she doesn't necessarily value the experience of a woman who's trying to have a natural labor. So why don't you just get an epidural and not deal with this pain? Or I had a C-section. My baby turned out fine. So there's also this emotional dynamic sometimes that takes place between the nurse and the, the laboring client, depending on what her personal experiences were, which doulas yeah. are trained not to do that. Yeah, I was just going to say, projecting your stuff onto another person I know is very easy to do. And then I would also say that there are times, I, I agree with you, Amber, I've been in the situation where I think I am about as supportive as any one nurse could be. But when I've got two or three other patients to be taken care of and, you know, heaven only knows what, I really don't have my eye on this person, even though I really like to have my eye on this person. It's just not realistic. Yes. Yes. And I, I also want to point out to our listeners here, what Amber is talking about with, oh, you know, I had the epidural. Oh, I had the C-section. Everything came out all right for me. Uh, you know, really, this is a wonderful place where I would like to stop and say that typically women who have had cesarean sections are, they have had major surgery. Hello, this is like major abdominal surgery. And the breastfeeding experience, quite honestly, just doesn't go as well. And yes. you say to yourself, oh, well, yeah, yeah, but she had to have the, the section because of whatever. And it might be a very good reason, but it also might be a thing that... Uh, 
I would really have to look at these statistics again, but as you know, as many of us know, the likelihood of having a cesarean is way reduced if you have a doula as well as other interventions are less likely to occur. And so seemingly what we've got here is a cascade of events where if the doula can help you to avoid the whatever and We're going to talk about advocacy uh, later in the show, too. But it just seems to me like this is is such an important thing. And I guess I would also be eager to say that while I think I am a very supportive nurse when I'm working in labor and delivery, I've seen some nurses who, frankly, are just really, like, not all that supportive, even if they're not all that busy, because you don't know if it's a good fit. You are asking a stranger to take care of you, and that's different than having this rapport, as you so nicely said at the beginning of the show, that is so important. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Amber Thomas, uh, doula. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm with your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. This show is really about the breastfeeding and the beyond because there is so much data that shows that women are more likely to be able to have better breastfeeding experiences when they have lower interventions, and lower interventions are absolutely correlated with care from a doula, someone maybe like uh, Amber Thomas, my guest today, or if you're not in the greater Dallas area, then maybe someone who is um, uh, trained to do the same kind of thing. So Amber, talk to us a little bit about this. I know that you actually are a registered nurse. You actually have worked labor and delivery, but many uh, doulas have not had that experience at all. So help me to understand here, uh, if you had not been an RN, you still would have gone through some kind of doula training. So what does that doula training consist of? Sure. So I I actually became a doula before I was a nurse. Really? Okay. Yes. I, I had worked as a doula for at least three to four years before ever going to nursing school. Oh, um, wow. So there was definitely some training involved with that. I'd first like to say that most doulas are born from either a great birth experience of their own that they want to share and empower other women with or a, terrible one. a, a very traumatic birth experience yeah. that they had that they yeah. want to support and prevent from happening to other women. That is usually the initial quality of a doula is a woman who has had a child or two or three herself and she's had an experience that has impacted her family and she wants to share that experience. That is usually the initial um, beginning of a doula. But you do not have to have children to be a doula, but that's usually how it starts. From there, um, you have to find a certifying organization um, such as DONA or Childbirth International. Um, there's lots of certifying organizations out there. There's CAPA, there's ALICE to labor training, and they have certain requirements um, for the doula. Usually includes attending a certain amount of births, usually anywhere from three to six births, and the doula has to record um, her experience and all the details of the birth and submit that to her certifying organization. She also has to read about, there's a list of about 30 to 40 books on birth, labor, breastfeeding, C-sections, epidurals, baby care um, that she has to read. She also has to attend and audit a childbirth class a natural out-of-hospital class such as Lamaze or Bradley or Birth Boot Camp. Um, she has to attend a doula workshop, which is usually held over the course of a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's usually a three- to four-day workshop. Okay. Um, 
that she has to attend where she's learning the role of the doula. And she may also have the opportunity to practice certain things. Um, one of the trainings that I took, we had pregnant women come in and we were able to um, do some assessments on them and learn about some of the techniques that maybe the midwife would be doing so that we could know um, what to expect and to explain it to the client. Um and she also has to attend a certain amount of cesarean deliveries, epidural deliveries, and natural deliveries. From there, the doula takes an exam um, to make sure that she, you know, comprehends all that she needs to know uh, to be a doula and to be effective with a client. And once that's submitted, it's reviewed, and the certifying organization then decides um, if the doula has met those requirements and if she would be an asset to the doula community. So um, I really didn't get any idea it was that intense. Yes. Yeah. It it definitely requires some training, effort, and education. Typically, I don't want to dive too deep here. Typically, how long does it take the the person to from start to finish for their doula education? It's very self paced. It depends on how you know how fast the doula does her work, but it can take anywhere from six months to three years. Okay, depending on how fast the doula can get her certifying birth. The hardest thing, the thing that takes the longest is getting your birth experiences lined up. Right. I would would think so. You mentioned the midwife. Now, uh, I can imagine that some people might think, oh, well, I don't need a doula because I have a midwife. And I know we sort of talked about that in the last segment, but um, maybe you need to stop and clarify what's the difference between the doula and the midwife because here you really implied that you'd be working as a team. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So a midwife is a type of provider for maternity care. You have your OB doctor, and then you also have a midwife. Midwives um, typically work with uh, low-risk pregnancies, um, and typically those who are desiring a natural birth or low-intervention birth um, will seek out a midwife. So a midwife is a provider who cares for the mother and the baby during the pregnancy. So the midwife, you are seen for your prenatal visits, for your sonograms, for your blood work. Um, you're doing your prenatal visits with the midwife. And then the midwife also does the delivery, um, the actual what we call catching of the baby. <laughs> During the delivery yes. process, we believe that the mother actually delivers the baby on her own. So we sure. call midwives baby catchers. Um, yes. So yes. again, the midwife does allow for more of a low intervention, natural birth for low risk pregnancies. But again, she does not typically stay with the woman throughout the labor process. Absolutely. Um, and she the, is certainly much more medically oriented, even though I'm sure if there's a midwife uh, listing, she'd probably not be happy that I'd put her in the med- the medical category. But but she is providing the, the care for the pregnancy and delivery, whereas you are much more focused on the teaching and advocacy role. And it seems to me that while you can be a team player, those two things are very different. Is that true? Yes, very yes. true. I, I okay. actually work with a group of midwives who refer clients to me, and it works. It works. It's a really good system because I fill in the gaps 
of care yes. that the midwife may, oh, not, I love that. may not. Yes, I um, love that with the fill in the gaps. That is so, yeah. that's a great way to put it. So, Amber, talk to us about your role as an advocate. And part of the reason I say that is that I, I've been in this business a long time, and I think that there's a real fine line between being an advocate for somebody, educating somebody, walking over somebody, walking over the healthcare providers. You know, there's, there's kind of this fine line. So when you think about advocacy for the client, what do you think is your role as an advocate for getting her agenda done? My role is mainly to empower the woman to make informed decisions about her care and to protect her birth experience, whether she's having a natural birth, a medicated birth, or a surgical birth, that she, at the end of it all, she she does not regret what happened, that the decisions she made, she was informed about them, she knew the advantages and disadvantages of them, she knew the risks and benefits of them, that she did not feel pressured into doing something, but that she was empowered and confident to make the decision that was best for her and her family. And at the end of it all, she is happy with her birth experience. And so I really want to emphasize that because I think that people think of doulas as natural birth Nazis, and <laughs> we're just not that. Um, there's there's some newer, newer doulas who haven't quite got the roll down yet, but for the majority, we want to protect the birth experience and inform and empower the mother um, to make the choices that are best for her, even if that includes an epidural. Well, here's the thing is that you've really got to be able to turn on a dime. And the reason I say that is there are some things where I feel like, and I'm not a doula, but in patient situations where I have done the education, I've done the information, I think that I know what her plan is. Her plan is this. I need to advocate for this. And then something happens. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to revisit this whole thing. And then it becomes very difficult to tell the difference between what she said she wanted And now that is maybe realistic, maybe it's not realistic, but then, you know, you really find yourself in this situation where you, I want people to make the, make a choice rather than just being, um, like just knuckling under. And I think that maybe that's what you're trying to catch with, with what you're saying about the empowerment, right? Yes, yes. A lot of people just walk through their labors and their pregnancy listening to the doctor. Oh, the doctor knows what's best. Oh, I'm going to yep. do this. Yep. And they they have not done the research to know what the consequences, side effects, or outcomes of those decisions could be. And the next thing you know, you have a C-section and the baby yep. in the NICU. Absolutely. And so you are prepared to provide provide that information at a moment's notice, even if that was not part of your prenatal discussion or her prenatal care plan. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's funny you say that because it does require some yeah. creativity there. Um, <laughs> for example, you have a mom who, who wants to go in for a natural birth and we're, we've labored at home, we've done Lamaze class, we, we get to the hospital and we're six centimeters when we get there and let's say we're 18 hours into labor and things are going great and then eight hours later she's 
still at six centimeters. She didn't go to sleep last night, so she's now exhausted, and she's not progressing. And that's when the conversation comes that, you know what, this getting an epidural may not be a bad idea for you. She gets her epidural, and she has her baby an hour later. Although the initial intention was not to use that intervention, sometimes there's a time where it can be helpful. But but the fact is that the mother was aware of the effects on her labor. If she got it too early, that it could slow it down. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, everybody, do not go away. Breastfeeding training for your hospital staff. Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. 
I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where I'm here today with Amber Thomas, and she is talking about uh, being a doula and its impact on the birth experience, and I'm here to fill in the blanks for how that also impacts the breastfeeding experience. Amber, we started out the show where I said that people give me all kinds of reasons for why they don't hire a doula, and we talked about some of them, but we didn't mention, or I think you briefly mentioned one that I've heard, which is, it's too expensive. And I say to the person, okay, well, how expensive is it? Oh, I don't know, but I'm sure it's too expensive. And I think, oh, brother, here we go. Let's get the facts. So can you set us straight on uh I am assuming that in your labor doula role, you charge by, I'm sorry to say the project, but you know what I mean, not by the hour, but uh, by the experience, shall we say. Talk to us a little bit about uh, how labor doulas charge and, and what they charge. So here in the DFW, the going rate for a doula is typically from $500 all the way up to $1,500 or more. Depending on the doula's experience, how many years they've been doing this, and what other credentials they have, typically is going to determine how much they charge. Also, a lot of doulas, including myself, offer packages. Most doulas have some other trade. They are doing doula services and lactation services or doula services and massage therapy or birth photography. or So if they offer other services, it's likely that they're going to offer packages to accommodate the needs of a couple so that they can choose a package that meets their needs at that time but also fits their budget. Um, so it is typically a flat rate from 500 to $1,500 depending on what the couple needs and what the doula experience is. Doulas are typically very flexible with payment plans if a couple wants to pay out a monthly fee, a monthly amount to cover their fee, if they want to pay in full, if they want to split the fee. But we typically... Um, want to make sure that the balance is paid by the 36th week of pregnancy because we know that things can happen prior to the due date. So um, that is typically the fee structure um, for most doulas. So let me me ask you this because this makes me like a little bit nuts. You are talking about things like uh, photography or massage services or whatever, and I would just have to imagine that selling a package means that you get more revenue in, which any of us who are in business are always looking for more revenue, more revenue. So I get that, but what I don't get is why I have had so many doulas tell me, no, 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 Marie, I don't really need to come to your uh, breastfeeding course. I don't need to become an IBCLC. I already know enough about breastfeeding. Wouldn't it be, and I know you did, you did get your IBCLC, but wouldn't it be to the advantage, or maybe my question should be, how is it to the advantage um, for the doula, and then how is that uh, an advantage for the person who's who's looking for the doula? Absolutely. So, most doulas do have uh, some some form of a breastfeeding training or course as a part of their certification, just enough, just enough to help the mother with basic latch and position. But as a lactation consultant, it definitely gives the doula and the couple more flexibility in dealing with things. For example, after having the baby is um, you can go ahead and check and see if the colostrum is in, do that first latch on. If there's yeah. any problems, if baby has low blood sugar or jaundice, 
the lactation and folks can go ahead and start hand expressing and syringe feeding and doing some interventions to help the baby before the hospital has to intervene with other things that the mother may not desire. Um, so you're okay. setting the mother up for breastfeeding success, success. automatically getting things off to a great start. Yeah, because here's the thing. I mean, I know that doulas get, as you say, training with um, basic positioning and latch. But as you know from having taken my course, I spend all morning on Wednesday morning, which is, I think, day three. We we spend all morning talking about positioning and latch. But we also spend more time talking about hospital practices and their impact on breastfeeding and blah, blah, blah. And so I guess I'm thinking that if I were the parent, I would want to choose somebody who indeed did have that extra training. Was that part of your motivation for getting your credential as an IBCLC? Um, Well, generally for me, I wanted to be able to offer holistic care. I Uh, wanted to be able to provide everything that they needed from the class to the labor to breastfeeding support. So I guess you could say, yes, I wanted, I wanted to be able to provide the full scope. I feel that breastfeeding is also a part of the birthing process. So to Absolutely. me, it just made sense, sense. To, to pursue my IVCLC. Yeah, boy, I just really wish that more of them would because there are so many things that come up. And as you know, if you have even like your toe in the water for any sort of health care, people are always asking you, well, what about, what about, what about, even though sometimes it's actually not your role or your expertise. But I so much want to see these mothers get a, a much better grounding. And as you know, those first several, oh, shocks, we could probably say the first 10 days or so uh, are so critical. And it seems like that would be hugely important for the postpartum doula as well. Have you been able to, I don't know if you can even gauge this, but do you think that because you offer extra services and you have extra credentials, do you think that that's helped you uh, to find clients for which you are a good fit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh There are clients who had horrible breastfeeding experience the first time around. I will say the majority of my second time, third time moms usually select me because they're trying to redeem their birth experience from their breastfeeding experience. And they know that I have the experience to equip them with that and to help them to be successful. Oh man, that's such a great word to, uh, yeah. Um, I think you said to redeem. That's a really good word. So, honestly, not everybody lives in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, but since you do, (laughs) tell us, if we do live in that locale, where's your website? How do we find you? Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, how we can do that. Yes. So, my website is www.mothereavecss.com. And there are listed all of my services, packages, credentials. There's also some testimonials and pictures on there uh, for anyone who's interested in learning more. That is excellent. Uh, Honestly, I hope that everybody will run right out and either 
consider you as a doula for their birth experience or if they don't live in your locale. Hey, I guess maybe that's the next question. If you don't live in Dallas-Fort Worth, would a good place to be Dona.org, would that be the place you might start for people? Yes, absolutely. Dona.org. That would be just absolutely fantastic. All righty. Well, it has been so much. Amber, this is like so fun to talk to you. And so f- I wish I could see you again. You were a really fun woman in person, too. So anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. All righty. Well, as all of you know, this show airs every week uh And I would like to invite you all to come back if you have questions about what I do or what I can provide to help you to become an IBCLC. I have courses online and across the country. You can find me at my professional website, and that is www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. Breastfeedingoutlook.com. If you want more radio, that would be borntobebreastfed.com. And if you want just plain more Marie, (laughs) you need to visit me on my blog at either one of those sites. I blog on a regular basis. And also, I have uh, my Facebook. When you go to the Facebook, please hit that little thing that says like. And that's all the time we have for today. Remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 